Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And welcome to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And I'm Phil Thompson. Great to have you here again. Thanks so much for being with us. And we do this usually every week. We are a tech company. What's what's our company name, Steve? Our company name is, well, our company name has nothing to do with our products, but uh, JSL Solutions. So we provide products for uh, live streaming, uh, mobile apps, church management, and our newest thing, Greeter.Church. Greeter.Church, which remains a mystery to all of us. <laughs> well, we, we can talk a little bit about our products another time, but we do streamingchurch.tv, which is the video, and churchapplive.com, which is the mobile apps. But but we're not really here to, to blow our own horns, are we? No, we have a special guest. We do. Our special guest is Lauren Hunter. And Lauren is an entrepreneur. She's actually a freelance writer, but the founder and editor of Church Tech Today. And uh, uh, she encourages, uh, she uses that platform to encourage churches to use uh, technology in a better way to improve every area of their ministry, kind of like we, we, what we do. And she's also a wife. And according to her bio here, she's a, she's a wife to a pretty awesome coach and a mom of four great kids. And she's also a worship leader. And, and she's a poet. And I didn't know it, that she <laughs> yeah. was a poet. Hey, Lauren, how are you? Hey, I'm good. It's really nice to be on this uh, podcast with you guys. Thanks for all the good work that you do to uh, share tips and technology hacks, if you will, uh, for churches out there. I know everyone appreciates it. Well, we're, uh, we like to do this podcast. We really do like to help churches. That's our heart is to help ministries and churches. And so that's one of the reasons we do the podcast. And so speaking of, of helping churches out, uh, thanks for coming on and, and being our guest today. And, and you wrote an article a little while back about, uh, I think it was called 10 Ways to Bless Your Volunteers. Was that what it was called? Close, yeah. I, I wrote it for um, Thanksgiving, but also looking ahead to National Volunteer Week, which is in April every year. Yeah. So it's really um, something that churches could could benefit from pretty much any any time of the year, I think. Um, you know, how to thank their volunteers and, and bless them um, any old time. Yeah, well, right? vol- yeah, absolutely. And volunteers, I mean, obviously, they're, they're kind of the bedrock, in my opinion, of ministry. Mm-hmm. I mean, they I, really... I didn't know they had a national week. I know about Pastor Appreciation yes. Month, and that's interesting. I've been doing this a long time, and it, it kind of uh, it's kind of highlighted, I think, maybe more in the nonprofit world than right. really the church community. Um, but I think it's a really valuable week. I mean, how? I mean, I know in my life. I mean, I volunteer at my kids' school. I volunteer occasionally in the community. I volunteer at my church. Um, yeah. And I'm not. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying there's multiple right. areas, you know, where people tend to be volunteering, you right. know, one or yeah. two different schools and um, even even helping your neighbors. So I think any any way that we can connect um, the church with with how valuable volunteer work is, um, is a is yeah. a really um, positive right. thing. Yeah, it would help also help. I mean, not only appreciate those that are there, but it would lead to encouraging others to volunteer. Yeah, you got a good reputation and. Yeah, and we deal with a lot of volunteers with our company. We have we have you know people that use churches that use our services, and many of them are volunteers that actually kind of head up those specific spe- specific areas of ministry. So, 
All right. Well, good. Well, so here's what I'd like to do. Can we just kind of jump into this? I've actually got your article here, but I'd like you to talk a little bit about these 10 points and we'll see if we can get these done here within the next 25 minutes or so. Um, so one, <laughs> one of the things you mentioned was, uh, thank volunteers in the moment. So, uh, talk about in the moment when it comes to thanking and appreciating Absolutely. volunteers. Um, and I'll, I'll hit, I'll probably try to hit number one and number two, um, because the, the first one is thank volunteers in the moment. And the second point is thank volunteers immediately afterward. Obviously, uh, worship team can't really thank in the moment, um, because <laughs> you're busy on the stage. Um, but there's, there's lots of, um, ways that I think just simply being, um, grateful and training either the, the, uh, managing volunteer, if it's a manager, like who manages the children's ministry on a Sunday morning, or if that's a paid staff member, but as they rove from one class to another to check in, or if they're, you know, in one at the larger church, maybe a, uh, elementary room where there's multiple classes going on to be able to really take advantage of those moments, you know, while kids are filtering in before church starts or, um, immediately afterward, or even during when there's a quiet moment to, to sneak up and, and just say, Hey, Hey Bob, I really appreciate you today. Thank you. That's a really simple way, but profound. Um, I know I try to do that with my kids, catch them in a moment of doing something good and say, thank you. Um, so just, it helps, I think, uh, the leader also be grateful for the support and the, the volunteers that they, they have to serve alongside them. Um, so just kind of, you know, as a, as a staff, whether it's the pastor kind of encouraging that or, um, you know, head of staff or executive pastor, um, it's really encouraging the staff um, to lead their volunteers with an attitude of gratitude. Yeah. Being intentional, really. Uh, for me, I have to do, I, I do a little bit of part-time work with the church and I have to be real intentional. I have to remember, okay, I need to go into this because it's easy to get caught up and get busy, totally. uh, but, but to be intentional and intentionally thank people, spend some time to do that. So. Yep. All right. So. so then the second point, yeah, the second point about um, thanking volunteers immediately after um, in the article, we kind of mentioned um, a few things that you could do, like um, sending a text message. Thank you. Often, you know, youth leaders or, or millennials, you know, not so good at checking email the majority of the time. Um, and snail mail, I mean, sometimes maybe don't have their address or maybe they, you know, are off to college or home from break and helping. So, I mean, just a low barrier of entry way to, way to say thank you is, is sending a text message one, one by one. Um, you know, another great way is to send a handwritten thank you note from time to time um, or send an email like our worship leader at Granite Springs Church where I worship. Um, he follows up Sunday service um, you know, he's already got the emails in a group email list from sending out all the music to us. And he'll just click reply and say, hey, guys, thanks so much. It was a joy to serve with you. It's a really minor thing, um, but it, it really goes a long way um, to, show, um, to show that you care and that you value your volunteers. It really does. Showing a little bit of appreciation really yeah. does go Those a long are, way. It's, and it's a good idea. I mean, the, the text or the email, and it's, it doesn't take much to do. And yeah. people will get it and go, wow. Yeah. Let me jump to another point here because I, I, I want to hear you elaborate on this next point. Protect protect your volunteers. What do you mean by protecting your volunteers? <laughs> okay, so I have to tell a story to, to illuminate this point. Um, at the time, uh, uh, I was on the worship team. I also had, uh, or I still have four kids, but I think the youngest were in like the toddler room. So maybe had like a one and a three-year-old in the toddler room. And I was on the um, emergency backup volunteer list for helping with uh, kids ministry. So I say that chuckling because 
if you can remember maybe when you had like toddlers or babies, like the last thing you really want to do is like serve right. with a whole bunch more toddlers yep. or babies because <laughs> you're wiped out. So um, I laugh because my sweet um, dear friend, Lori, who was in charge of children's ministry, um, had reached out and I had uh, already uh, been summoned to be on the worship team like the day before. It might have been the same day. And so that very you know next day, Lori emails me and says, oh, I'm down a couple volunteers. It's winter. Everybody's got the flu. Can you serve? And I felt like I was in a pickle because my kid, I had so many kids in childcare. Mm-hmm. So um, I know it's hard, and there are some church management software programs where, um, you know, it's distributed among all the leaders, and they, you know, would sign up those people, and you might be able to go in and see who's already volunteering somewhere, and then you're asking people that are fresh that are not signed up for another Role, but we we didn't really have that um, structure set up. So um, there's that side of things, like not asking the people who tend to always be volunteering. Like everybody gravitates towards them, and you end up, you know, five people are asking the same couple to volunteer in different ministries over and over again, kind of burning them out, so to speak. Um, the old eighty twenty, you know, that twenty yeah. percent of the people are doing eighty percent or a hundred percent of the work. Um, and so just being careful about that, maybe as a ministry staff looking at, um, first would be keeping track of who is volunteering and then maybe looking at that role sheet and comparing it to who could potentially come into a volunteer role and kind of being strategic about that. Maybe, um, a pastor calling someone who's maybe new, but has jumped right in with two feet and maybe encouraging them to volunteer and, um, also, I think it's important to respect people's no um, if they do say no, and then maybe ask permission to uh, reach out to them again in another month. Um, but that's what I mean by protecting, um, yeah. making sure people feel valued and not overusing people um, or over asking. Yeah, I think it would um, take some because it's real, real easy to feel resentful. You know, yeah. I think it takes some coordination between the kind of the ministry leader areas to not try to draft the same people for their you know, the different ministries and it's a challenge yeah. yeah draft is a draft is a good word so let me throw you a curveball here this is not in your article but I, i'm curious uh, you know because you've had lots and lots of experience with with church work and, and volunteers that's volunteers getting volunteers for almost any area is always a challenge uh and I had we we were interviewing somebody a few weeks ago who I, I thought he had a really good point and see what you feel about his point here and I don't remember who it was now but he one of the things he said was you know you have certain people that are extroverts and are really good like the army for instance has recruiters you know the military has recruiters mm-hmm. so why not find somebody in your church that's an extrovert and good with people and make them your volunteer recruiter so not just for one area of ministry but for the whole kit bang and caboodle. I mean, you know, and I thought at the time when I heard that, I thought that's a pretty good idea. And really thought about that because the struggle I've been, I've been working with churches for a long time too. It's always a struggle for, you know, find children's workers, find, you know, even tech team workers perhaps and in different areas, greeters, ushers. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I guess a lot of it might depend on the the size of the organization. So, um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, our church is somewhere 250 to 300. The previous church that we were at for 15 years had, uh, you know, around 800 people. Um, uh, we just visited a church this past weekend that's a part of a, you know, huge mega church in Northern California. It's a 
uh, satellite campus, so it was fairly big, uh, thousands, I'm sure. Um, I think some of it could depend on that. Um, I know for me, like, I think it would feel a little bit of a burden, like, if I was volunteering to be the volunteer manager okay. of a whole church, like, okay. that would feel a little bit overwhelming. <laughs> right. um, unless yeah. it's a paid, unless it's a paid position, um, then then perhaps, because the, the goal, I think, would be to meet with each ministry area coordinator or leader and find out what their needs are, what their qualifications would be for those volunteers, and then... Um, do a search. You know, there there are a lot of church management softwares out there that have volunteer coordination built into their uh, system, and I'm thinking of Church Community Builders one, and I'm not sure about uh, the software that you guys make. Um, but there there are uh, ways to kind of put up a Craigslist, so to speak, of volunteer opportunities, and and so then you email that out to um, the church, and and they can log in and look at the various volunteer opportunities that are available. So in some ways, technology can help with this whole process. And I think in that case, if you did have a coordinator overseeing it, uh, overseeing the technology process, that could definitely be um, a way to help out. Um, Another point, like with media and tech and and worship, I know from experience, the leaders tend to be extremely picky um, in who they want to be involved. And and also there's some talent and skill involved that's a little bit more um, uh, uh, particular to the ministry. And so, um, you know, I I think there's some sensitivity that each leader might have towards their own volunteers Mm -hmm. and also might give them a little bit more ownership to be able to have uh, somewhat control over who they invite to be in. Not that it's a club, but that there is sensitivity. Not everybody's great with babies. Not everybody's great with teenagers. Um, so I think too, as a church community, kind of building a, building an environment of encouraging people to serve and then praying through our gifting, um, maybe having a class on spiritual gifts and how God has gifted you to serve and, um, incorporating a service component to becoming, you know, member of the church or, uh, you know, key part, you know, Mm -hmm. that's how God works, right? When you are plugged in and you love the Lord, uh, the next step is often serving. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Let's get back to our outline here. That we, got, us, we need yeah. our top 10 tips. Huh? I got off track here. We'll see uh, how far Phil's we get. Phil's us into a ditch here. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to do that. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's jump back in here. Uh, you have a point here that's called listen to your volunteers. So, uh, I mean, you might think offhand, uh, well, yeah, that's a no-brainer, but but let's talk a little bit about that. Let's go a little bit deeper. When you say listen to volunteers, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, you know, many ministry volunteers don't don't have a ministry degree or full-time church background, um, but, but a lot of times they're coming to the church and, and their background might be in business or in education um, or some other field, and they might have really creative ideas. Um, you know, listening without being critical um, is a hard skill for most of us, but making it uh, an environment where input is valued um, and maybe, you know, you, you listen and you take note, um, but don't agree to anything on the spot. I mean, that's a, that's a good uh, MO for life, right? Um but really digesting or even calling key volunteers and asking them for feedback or ideas um, and being open to that. You know, often I, I, it seems like, especially when there's paid staff, they sort of 
protect their little corner of the church um, and want to be in control of all that, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it can kind of hamper volunteer involvement. And if there's a super controlling leader that doesn't want any input from volunteers, often volunteers will get disgruntled and kind of move on to a different ministry or even a different church. Um, So I think we have to be sensitive to the volunteers and where they're coming from and, you know, spend spend time with them. That was point number three. Um, You know, have, have coffee with somebody, hear their story, see where they're coming from. Um, you know, God works in all kinds of awesome ways, and sometimes He's, you know, refining us even through the volunteers that are involved in the ministries uh, that we're serving in. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. And uh, I got a little defensive there when you mentioned controller, but uh, uh, we'll move on from there. Uh, <laughs> I'm making fun of you. I, <laughs> I can I, relate. <laughs> I am a little bit of a controller. I am a controller, but I I have learned, yeah, over the years, you've got to just let things go and let people you know, give them some opportunities. All right. Something, here's a good point that you brought up and, uh, you, you bring up in this article, 10 ways to bless volunteers, tell your volunteers stories, tell your volunteers stories. Tell us about that. Yeah, this is uh, one of my favorite points. Um, you know, you'll hear a lot in kind of the church communication space. If you, if you look at any of the great bloggers out there and you've had, uh, like Phil Bodel, um, I'm not sure if I'm saying his last name right, um, but there's now, a few guys. Let me stop out you there. there. <laughs> I'm not the, you're not the only one that didn't say Phil's last name right. It's, it's ba- you know, he's written. Ba- he's a great guy. Yeah. He's written. He's written for Church Tech Today before as well. Um, he's a youngin. You know, he's like he a millennial is. and writes from a different perspective. Um, but yeah, there's we, a yeah. lot of people in Ken Meyer and uh, Jenny Catron. There's a lot of really cool, influential uh, church communicators out there, and you'll hear the word storytelling a lot. Um, right. You know, editorial is another word, or testimony is another word. But, um, you know, it's really awesome. I think God works through our testimony in a really powerful way. And I know especially for, um, like, I have two kids who are in middle school, um, and often, like, they just came back from winter camp. And my daughter is recounting to me the testimony that the, the, the um, pastor told them. Of course, it was a, you know, typical youth ministry kind of story of his life. He went off the rails. He had a DUI. He was in a car accident. You know, awful stuff like that, but how God saved him through that. And so she was just mesmerized by his story and so moved by it. Um, And I think that's true for everyone. We want to hear how God is working in other people's lives. It inspires us to be looking um, and listening for how God is working in our own lives. So So, so, how can churches do that and apply that? Yeah. How, how can that, how, yeah, how can they get that out there? How can they publish? I use the word publish, but how can they get that story out there? What What are your suggestions? Yeah, there's, there's quite a few ways. Uh, first one that comes to mind is a live testimony, you know, um, invite someone after you hear their story and kind of vet it a little bit, um, uh, invite them to the platform and, and encourage them to succinctly in five minutes or less, you know, tell a, a portion of their testimony or, or something recently, how God uh, stepped in and helped them or how they, you know, God encouraged them to give and it's blessed their family um, in some way that they didn't imagine. And there's an infinite way, infinite number of ways that um, you can encourage people to share a testimony. And so you can take that. I mean, I was thinking of you guys doing live streaming, how if somebody's sharing that in a service and it's being live streamed, it's hitting three audiences at once. It's hitting a local audience. It's hitting people who can't come to church in town who are watching the live stream is hitting the global audience of people who might be watching on YouTube or 
Facebook or wherever it's being streamed to. Um, if you've got that, you can also repurpose that story and write it down. Uh, tell it in an email newsletter or a blog article on your church website or do a video testimony that would be standalone that could go on your church's YouTube channel. I mean, any, any story like that can be used in probably 10 different ways um, to be a part of a, a church communication plan that's really sharing the heart of your church and what, you, what your church is all about. Absolutely. And, you know, with today's technology, I mean, you mentioned video. You, I mean, today you can whip out your iPhone and do a video and, you know, you just do it with very minimal, you know, just make sure the audio is good and the lighting's good and you've got a video that you can post. And it, it's, there's some easy ways to do that today, which I think means a lot. Absolutely. And, of course, getting permission for all that, that would be important. Just like um, in children's ministry, you have to get permission to use um, photos of a child. Right. Um, that's just a total side note. Um, but one of the other points in the article was uh, to take take pictures um, and share via social media. Um, and so in parentheses, I have with their permission, you know, <laughs> uh, make sure it's someone who's okay with uh, the tag on Facebook or wherever you're going to post it. Absolutely. All right. So we're, uh, we're talking with Lauren Hunter from Church Tech Today. We're going through the top 10 ways to bless your volunteers. And we've got through uh, the first six right now, right? We've six got seven, yeah. thank your volunteers in the moment, thank them immediately afterwards, spend time with your volunteers, protect them, listen to them, and then tell their stories. Yeah. And now uh, the other point you make here on this article, which is a great article, and all your stuff is really good stuff, uh, Church Tech Today. Is the website churchtechtoday.com? Is that the website? Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, we, we've got a couple more minutes left here, and I, I want to ask you quickly about Church Tech here in a moment. But uh, volunteer dinner, special event, um, always a good way to appreciate your volunteers, right? Right. Is there a way? Absolutely. Uh, Go ahead. We, uh, we had one of these uh, at my church a while back. And um, there's there's a local uh, mega church I mentioned before, and their uh, bus picks up in the parking lot of <laughs> our church. This is my previous church, and uh, so we we would crack jokes about that. That you know, did, oh, did you? Is your first time visiting? Oh, I missed the bus to Bayside. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so there's a little bit of a banter there. But one year we actually did a volunteer. They did a volunteer dinner, and we did a volunteer dinner, and I believe the volunteers traded service. So our team of 15 volunteers went over and served their volunteers, and then their volunteers served all our volunteers. And I thought, oh, my goodness, that's like, that's so symbiotic, right? That's, nice. <laughs> that, that's a great idea. So what I, a, great, uh, a great tribute. Yeah, I've been to many a uh, volunteer dinner, and, yeah, it's uh, you wonder, well, you know, the people that normally set up and clean up are here getting served, how's... How's this going to work? You know, everybody feels kind of guilty just walking out of the place. So that's a good idea to, um, you know, because typically it's up to staff or whoever they can get to to help the volunteers, which makes it even more challenging, I would think. But yeah, that's a good, I I never thought of that. Teenagers come to mind too. I know we uh, did a auction and the teenagers would be the ones to serve the food and everything. But, um, you know, that's a good way, uh, you know, slave labor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, or just partner up with the church down the street, like you said. That's a good idea, too. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Okay, so we're about out of time here. Uh, one of the, I'm just going to run through these things here, and I'm going to probably point people to your website. But offer continuing education to volunteers. It takes a little more effort, but again, uh, a worthy thing to do for your volunteers. Write letters of reference for uh, students who volunteer. And also pray, which I think is very important uh, in more ways than one, yep. praying for volunteers. Uh, I have found that, that when I take, and, and the whole thing on this list, the, the emphasis I see here, the, or at least my emphasis, is got to be intentional on all these things. And uh, when I say intentional, Absolutely. I mean, I, I have to make sure I do these things. Otherwise, Put I Put it on the busy. calendar, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, something like that. So you're intentional, at least until it becomes a habit. But praying for volunteers, I think that's a great way because not only are you obviously helping them and praying for them, but they are, um, they're on your mind when you're praying for them. And that can lead to even other things where you can uh, be praying for somebody and realize, oh, this person's got a need here. How can we help them as a church? Uh, how can we serve them? Uh, those kind of things, uh, really important stuff here. So, uh, so Lauren, Church Tech Today, I, I want to make sure we cover this because uh, I like what you're doing here. You're, you're the uh, founder and the editor of Church Tech Today. How long has this been going on and how did it start? Yeah, good question. Um, we're about to have a birthday, actually. Uh, we're turning 10 wow. on July uh, 15th or, or thereabouts. Um, the site is the same age as my third child, Bradley, um, and so uh, that's how I remember okay. <laughs> how old it is. Um, I uh, I got a start uh, in public relations and marketing in the Bay Area. I'm in California, so that's San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, dot com, late '90s. Uh, uh, went through all of the excitement of that industry, working in technology. Um, communication and public relations, and then I um, made a little hop, skip, and a jump to a, a faith-based company, uh, and then a hop, skip, and a jump up to out of the Bay Area to Sacramento, where I started consulting, um, and was consultant to a lot of uh, church technology companies. And so um, it was pretty fun to be able to work with a lot of those different companies and really see the heart for ministry that they had. And Church Tech Today was really born out of that, as there wasn't really um, a magazine, especially an online magazine, that was focusing specifically on technology and communication for churches. So it was uh, dear to my heart. And like I said, it's been almost 10 years now and still going strong. We get about uh, eighty or 90,000 page views a month. Nice. Um, and the site just keeps growing and growing, and so it's exciting to be able to um, interact with our readers and find out how we can help uh, strengthen their use of technology and better their use of communication. And it's been a joy. It's yeah. it's really great to work in this uh, this market and uh, get to interact with uh, believers and in such a valuable way. So That's I'm great. Very blessed. So churchtechtoday dot com. That's where people can go. And how can they get a hold of you? Did just go to the website if they want to get a hold of you and hit the contact link, maybe? Would that be a good um, Yeah, yeah. Um, my email is Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, at churchtechtoday.com. Awesome. So if you're listening to this and you want to shoot me uh, an email and ask a specific question, I do um, work with a, a great handful of uh, consultants who do um, everything from setup of facilities like uh, audio and visual 
um, to church communication, to writing. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to put together a little bit of a consultant hot sheet for churches because there seems to be uh, more of a need for that, somebody to bridge the gap between purchasing and figuring out what it is you need. Mm. So I know that churches need a lot of help in that area. Yeah, yep. that sounds like a great idea. Awesome. Okay, well, look, we're out of time, and uh, Lauren Hunter's been our guest today. Lauren, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us. We really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Steve. You guys have a blessed day, and I uh, pray that this podcast uh, helps helps people in ministry. Absolutely. And, folks, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can just send us an email, uh, support at streamingchurch.tv, or just go to one of our many websites, one of them being streamingchurch.tv, and you can chat with us there during business hours. Uh, We appreciate you spending some time listening to our podcast, and uh, we'll just go ahead and wrap up. Uh, As Lauren mentioned, that's Steve Lacey across the table. I'm Phil Thompson. We will catch you next time on another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Take care. 